0: Alright, good morning. Everybody doing okay? Excellent. Nope, not doing okay? Yes, Morgan, not doing okay? No? Bad days, bad days. Okay, listen, Um, being that we don't have worship today, I want to do a little something fun, kick things off in a fun way today. Uh, Josh did a great job with that game. And so we're in week three of our series, um, Good Things. And so I've asked my buddy Brent to come up. So Brent, come here for a second, Okay. We're going to play a little something in here. Um, How many of you guys like to play games at Christmas time? Anybody play games with their family at Christmas? Yeah? Ow. Man, I hate this thing. (laughs) Smash my finger right there. Okay, well, I was talking to Brant, and Brant told me as long as he doesn't have to talk, he's good to go. Okay? So Brant is going to actually draw some stuff for you guys. He's going to have 10 seconds to get whatever thing I tell him done. And if you guys can guess that in 10 seconds, Brant, here's the deal. I've got um, about 10 things, okay? About 10 things. You got 10 seconds. If you can get them to guess six of those 10 things in the 10 seconds, I'm gonna hook you up with a $10 gift card to, I don't know where yet, but somewhere really good, okay? Can you make that happen? You sure? Okay, you guys ready? I'm gonna tell them, okay? Here we go. Starting in three, two, one, go. They can't see. You're blocking them. You're blocking them. That's one. Okay, put them one right here for me. Or just put a mark. Yep, that's perfect. Okay, erase that. Here we go again. All right. Number two. Number two. Start the clock now. There we go. We got it. We got it. We got it. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right, he's getting fast. Put another one up there. Okay. All right. Brent, you're doing really good so far, okay? You don't have to say any words yet. Are you Ready? Starting the timer in the back end. two and one, go. We got it, we got it. Man, this is a little too easy for you right now. Okay, okay. You ready in the back? Go. Time is up. <laughs> Time is up. That was a wreath. It's a wreath. I'm sorry, you got to say it loud. I can't hear you. I'm sorry, Brent. I didn't hear it, dude. It's okay. There's plenty more to come. Plenty more to come. You ready, Brent? Go. That's it. We got it. We got it. We got it. Man, we should have with five seconds. You're good at this. Okay, okay. Put your mark. Put your mark. Does he need two more? Oh, yeah, 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 good, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All you need is two more. Two more. They're helping you out. Okay, you ready? Start it. That's it? Oh. Yeah. All right, Brent. All you got to do is nail one more out of the last four. You've got this. Really easy, okay? Go. That's it? Hey, yeah. Wow, that artist goes. All right, you have officially won. Don't worry, they want to keep going, though, okay? They want to keep going. We've got a couple more, okay? Ready? This one's a little bit more hard. We'll see. Go. Ethan, you're. Three, two, one. All right, you guys did great. It's actually toys. It was going to be a whole lot harder to do that one. (laughs) Remember, (laughs) he was going to write a word on it, but he couldn't. Okay, two to go, two to go. Here we go. Go. Time is up. (laughs) You're right. Sorry, David. And they said Christmas star on this one, so. Sorry, that's that's what it was. It's okay. You, you've already won, guys. You've already won. Okay. Here we go. We're gonna do one more. One more. All right. This one's gonna be really, really hard. Ready? Kick the music. <laughs> that is so great. Everybody, give Brent a round of applause. Great job, dude. Catch me afterwards. We'll hook you up with something. That was a really, really good job there. Um, so I love. Christmas time. I I really do. It's one of my favorite times of the year. And one of the reasons I love Christmas time is because, well, if we're honest, we get to get away with our family. We get to be out of school. We get to be off work. We get to just spend time with each other. And the truth is is that we can plug in in one of two ways, right? We can plug in and actually spend time with our family or we can choose to spend time with our devices, right? And the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes We choose our devices over our family. And sometimes what we do is is, is we don't mean to do this. It's something that we really, really enjoy spending time with our phones and we enjoy spending time with our video games or we enjoy seeing what everybody else is doing. We forget to live our lives. And if I was honest in here like today, like like if I asked you to raise your hand, I think we'd be a little bit embarrassed about this, right? Right? Like, if we had to actually raise our hand and say, hey, how many of us have spent probably a little too much time with our devices and not enough time with our family? And so one of the reasons I wanted to do that game to kick things off was just to remind you guys, like, it's okay to have fun with your family. And it's okay to do it in a silly way, right? It's okay to, like, literally just, just sometimes to just pull out a sheet of paper and start drawing and just have a good time with each other. And so this Christmas, what if we chose to make this Christmas different than the rest? You see, that first Christmas was not like any other one, right? When we've been looking at the story of Jesus being born, we've looked at the Old Testament, we've looked at the New Testament over the past several weeks, we've seen a lot of different things, and we saw people were waiting and waiting and waiting for the birth of Jesus. And now we're on the other side of that. You see, now we're waiting for the return of Jesus. If you're a Christian in the room today, you're looking forward to heaven, and for some of you guys, you're teenagers, you're just like, dude, I'm not trying to go to heaven yet. I'm trying to enjoy life right now, right? And so what I want to do is I want to kick things off with a simple question for all of you guys. That question is this. What three things bring you the most joy at Christmas? Okay, so think about that just for a second and share it with your neighbor to your left or to your right really quick. What is it that brings you the most joy at Christmas? have a few of you guys shout some stuff out. Okay. What brings you the most joy at Christmas? Let me start off with, yeah, Matthew in the back. What was it? Hot cocoa. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Awesome. Loud, loud and short. Yeah. Presents. presents. All right. How many of you guys agree presents bring you joy at Christmas? Yeah. yeah, perfect, perfect. All right. What else? David Manning in the back of the room. What brings you joy at Christmas, dude? You, Thanks, buddy. You're not going to see me on Christmas, though. Okay, I'm going to be gone, all right? Who else you want to share? Go ahead. Christmas break. Christmas break. You guys all agree on that one? Yeah, yeah. Malena. Yeah. Decorations. Decorations. Yeah, love the lights and everything. All right, we're going to do one more. What brings you joy at Christmas? Yeah. Family. family. Yeah, absolutely, right? Man, I love our family. And Speaking of family, um, I was hoping somebody would say that, and that really helps me out a lot. Um, any of you guys watch movies with your family? around Christmas time? You guys watch Christmas movies? Yeah. So probably, I don't know if this is my favorite. It's, it's pretty close though. And if you're anything like me, you, you'll know exactly where I'm going with this. Um, one of my favorite movies at Christmas time is Elf. All right? I'm a big Elf fan. Either you love Elf or you hate Elf. But the truth of the matter is simply this. When it comes to Elf, um, it really does kind of give us a little taste of every bit of Christmas, right? Right? Because if we're honest in the room right now, we all know that not all parts of Christmas are great. Not all parts of Christmas are bad. And so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about Christmas movies and how sometimes they are kind of like real life. And I wanted to show you a clip from Elf, just so you can see kind of how this plays out. So check this out. All right, uh, let's get it over with. I walked all day and night to find you. Uh, you look like you came from the North Pole. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly where I came from. Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He uh, just got off the cell phone with me. You did? So go on. Uh, go on with what? Well, I, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, uh yeah. Anything for you, Dad. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm here with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song, <laughs> and um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born, so I'm here now, I found you, daddy, and guess what? I love you, I love you, I love you, <sighs> wow, well, that was weird. <laughs> Right? I mean, okay. Let's be honest. Probably none of us have traveled from the North Pole to meet our dad in New York City and sing him that random song. Right? I mean, if I had to assume, none of us have ever done that. But the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes in our life, we go into moments at Christmas, and we expect for those moments to go a lot better than they actually go. Sometimes we give gifts, and um, we expect for a certain reaction from people, and we don't get that reaction that we were hoping for. Or sometimes our parents give us something that we think, or they think is going to absolutely blow our minds, and maybe it just doesn't quite hit, right? So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this clip specifically, and um, I love this movie. I think it's so funny and over-the-top ridiculous, right? Um... But I do think sometimes we get a little overhyped for the Christmas commercial side of things. And so I was thinking back to my own life. And I was thinking about the first Christmas that I ever spent um, apart from my biological parents. I don't know if you guys know this um, about me. I I was adopted when I was 15. And so this was the first Christmas I was supposed to be spending apart from my biological parents. And so this new family had taken me in from my church. And, you know, I, I... had a lot of different feelings at this time. Um, you know, I, I'm a teenager and I'm just trying to figure this whole thing out. Uh, what, what does Christmas look like for me now? What does it look like for my sister now? And how can I protect her? And, 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 and it was just weird, if I'm completely honest. I mean, of course, there was excitement there and, and I didn't necessarily know what was coming or anything, but it was anything but normal. And so I can remember we woke up and we did presents with our new family. And I've got my, um, I'm, I'm kind of the second oldest of sits now. Um, and so my sister Leah, she loves Christmas. Do you guys have anybody who absolutely loves Christmas in their house? Like, literally, Leah, like, no joke, and, and she'll tell you this if she was here. Leah literally sleeps in every day and, like, it was late to school every day. But on Christmas morning, man, that girl's up at 6 o'clock. She's ready to go. Anybody like that in here? Like, it's ridiculous. You guys annoy me, just so you know. <laughs> I love you. Sorry, AJ. But it's just part of it. Right, and so Leah, man, she woke us up. She was ready to go. We opened presents, and we had a great time. We really did. And, and, and so... I really enjoyed that, but then this awkward moment came that day where my new parents and my old parents, my biological parents, had decided it would be best if, like, my new parents dropped me off at their house for a little bit for Christmas, and it was just really awkward. Like, I can remember sitting there, and I remember being there was tense, and, like, I didn't want to be there, and I don't necessarily think they wanted me to be there, but it was kind of one of those things that, that... They just kind of had to work through, right? I wanted to be where I was accepted. I wanted to be where people wanted to be with me. And I think every single one of us have that same exact thing inside of us. When it comes to this Christmas season, we want to be accepted. And we want to be a part of a family who loves us. And so if you look at the commercials that come on at Christmas season, here's what you see. You see uh, Christmas is supposed to be a season of joy, right? It's supposed to be a season of festive, uh, festivities, parties, fond family moments, and if we're honest, though, Christmas can also mean a lot of stress, a bunch of family drama, and maybe some grief, right? Maybe this past year has been a really hard year for you and your family. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe um, you're kind of like me. You're, you're splitting time with your parents because they, maybe they divorced. Um, maybe you don't have enough money at your house to exchange gifts this year. And maybe you're having to spend more time during the season with people who frustrate you than people who don't frustrate you. And so you're not necessarily looking forward to this Christmas season. Instead, you're kind of wondering, what, what can I do to kind of just get through this Christmas season? The word we're going to talk about today is joy. Joy. The word we're going to dig into is, is joy. And the truth is, is that for some of us in the room, we're excited, we're, we're, we're very, you know, joyful when it comes to the Christmas season. And for some of us, we're not there. And so what I want to do today is I, I, I kind of want to talk through what does it look like to truly be joyful during this time, maybe when you don't feel so joyful, maybe when you don't feel so happy. You see, I think there's a lot of things that we could talk about, but what I want to do is, is I want to kind of cover where we've been for the past few weeks, and then I want to take us to where we're headed today. And I'm really excited about today's lesson, and I think for some of you guys it kind of sounds negative. Don't let this be a negative-sounding message. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the Christmas story. We've been talking about it in a different way, right? We're not talking all about just baby Jesus in the manger and the star and everything that we know about that. Instead, what we're doing is, is we're kind of exploring the Christmas story from the very beginning. And so, sorry, this didn't, let me try again. There we go. All right, so what we said at the very beginning of this series is this, is that God had a plan for this Christmas thing since the beginning of time, since the fall, right? Like, since God created this, there was a creation point. We believe that God created the earth and everything inside of it. And then in Genesis, just a few chapters into the Bible, we see the fall, right? There we go. Some of you guys just got a little bit nervous when you saw that pop up on the screen. It's okay. It's not going to get you, okay? Okay. We saw the snake enter the world. We saw man fall, and we saw some things get complicated, right? Man's relationship with God was no longer the right way. It was broken. But then we saw, if we remember back to that first week, we saw the, the promise of a coming Savior, right? We had a promise that, 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 that there was a coming Savior that would defeat sin forever, and over time, what God did is He started to leave more and more clues about the plans that were coming. And, and the prophets started to give us some of those. And, and so far, what we've done is we've studied. We've studied from Jeremiah. We've studied from Malachi. And today, we're going to look at Zephaniah. And these prophets, they kept saying, Hey, the Savior is on the way. The Savior is coming. The Savior will be here. But meanwhile, all these people had to wait. And they weren't always necessarily joyful for what happened. Now, what we know is that. The Savior did come as Jesus Christ. We know that he came and and, and the shepherds were excited, the wise men were excited, but maybe the kings of the time and everything else like that, they weren't that excited about this. We know that, that, that over time, people started to understand Jesus as the Messiah, and now we look back and we celebrate Christmas as a season. We celebrate this as the time where God fulfilled his promise. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at one scripture from the Old Testament and then one more from the New Testament here today. And I want us to dive into something that's just a little bit different than how we would normally look at the Christmas story. Because this is one of my favorite passages. We're going to be in Luke 2 here in just a little bit if you want to turn your Bibles there. All right. But first we're going to kick off in the Old Testament. And this is simply um, from one of the prophets. And this prophet was a really big deal. Okay. So the kingdom of Judah and Israel were kind of split at this time. And here's the deal. The king of this time was eight years old, okay? Think about that just for a second. Eight years old, you're the king. You can make any decisions you want to make, you're eight years old. What decisions would you be making? <laughs> Some of you like, bad? I don't know. Um, you know, the way I kind of see this is, is silly. Once again, we're going to go back to a holiday movie, if you consider Home Alone a holiday movie. Um, Big fan of Home Alone. Love Kevin McAllister. Okay. Home Alone 2 lost in New York. Kevin is lost in New York, just like the title says he is. Okay. This is great. I love this. Kevin has his mom's credit card. Dad's credit card. Dad's credit card. Kevin now has the power to buy and do whatever he wants to do. So what does he do? (laughs) He buys everything, right? But what is he eating? He's got pizza. He's got these ice cream sundaes that are just piled up. It was absolutely insane, right? And I think back to this. And he's got to be around eight years old, right? And it's been a long time since I was eight years old. Hasn't been that long for you guys. Do you think you should have been king or queen when you were eight years old? Yes or no? (laughs) Good. So, So you guys are with me. Okay. Here's what you need to know about King Josiah, okay? Josiah was only eight years old when he inherited the nation, and it was a mess. Israel, like it had done so often in the past, had turned away from following God. God's people were disobeying God and worshiping false gods. All right? But here's the problem. It wasn't just that. They had also stopped caring about one another, too. People were hoarding power and wealth for themselves and ignoring the needs of people who needed help. And so it was his job as an eight-year-old to come in and take over this nation and make it go the right way. So think about this. Eight years old. You're now in charge of making sure this nation doesn't kill everyone. You're in charge of making sure everybody's okay. Instead of the normal math homework that you're figuring out when you're eight, now you're in charge of an entire kingdom. So King Josiah needed some help. And that's where Zephaniah comes in, all right? That's this guy who writes this prophecy that we're going to talk about today. And so Zephaniah is talking to the king. He's talking to the people. And Zephaniah, he doesn't just want to say what he thinks everyone wants them to hear. He wants to say what God has given him. And he wants King Josiah to turn away from just the evilness that the past kings had done. And he wants them to turn the country back to God while he was eight years old. All right, this is the crazy part, okay? So Zephaniah is where we're at, all right? Eight years old, Josiah is the king. Check this out. I love what he says. This wasn't an easy message for everybody here. He calls out things that were broken and painful about Israel. Listen to this. Zephaniah, chapter number three. The guys in the back are going to control my slides for the next little bit. Singo, daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with your heart, with all of your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment, and he will disperse the armies of your enemy. And the Lord himself, the king of Israel, will live among you. Did you guys hear that part? Let me read that one more time, okay, because I think it's really important that we see that. The Lord himself, the king of Israel, will live among you. At last, your troubles will be over, and you will never fear, fear disaster. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals, and you will be disgraced no more. And I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. And I will save the weak and helpless one. And I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles, wherever they have been mocked and shamed. On that day I will gather you together and I will bring you home again. I will give you a good name, a name of distinction among the nations of the earth. And I will restore to you the fortunes before their very eyes. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now what you need to know is this The people of Israel were still scattered. Remember we talked about this several months ago. We talked about how the, 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 the king had made some not right choices. And, and we've seen this several times throughout as we've been studying the scripture. That the people of Israel were exiled. They were taken away. And we're going to talk more about this next month. We're going to be looking at the book of Daniel. And I'm really excited for that. But what we see is these people are separated from their, from their home. And so what we're seeing from Zephaniah's promise is this, is that that, that God sees them and God's going to come and he's going to be with them and he's going to restore things back to the way that they should be. But it's only when he shows up. And so listen, there's a few things I want you to see out of this. And so check this out. This is simply what he's saying. Zephaniah told them to have joy, okay? He says, have joy because God forgives us. All the sins, all the stuff we've messed up, God's going to forgive it. He says, God's going to protect us. He's going to take care of us. Don't worry, we're not going to be destroyed. Our people will be one. Again, God is with us. And the final thing was this. One day God's going to send a Savior. And of course, you guys know the story of Christmas. We know kind of where that went, right? And so one day we know that God did send a Savior. God came to the earth in the form of a baby named who? That's right, say it. You say it. Jesus, right? All right. We know that he was born more than 2,000 years ago. And Jesus' birth was anticipated by many. It was announced by angels, and it was celebrated in songs of worship. But they didn't have social media back then. They didn't even have the newspaper. Okay? None of us really get the newspaper anymore, but they didn't have this thing to announce, Savior is here. Right? People found out slowly. And the two people that I'm going to finish talking about here today were two people who had been looking forward to this their entire lives. They had committed their entire lives to the temple, to God, to to just watching for this Savior. So in Luke chapter number 2, starting in verse 25, we're going to spend the rest of our time here today. All right, I'm going to let the guys in the back control, sorry. It says this. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. Now think about that just for a second, guys. That's that's a really big prophecy, right? This guy, he was told, hey, listen, you're a good guy. You're a righteous man. And God says... You won't die until you've seen the Messiah. People for thousands of years before this have wanted to see the Messiah. But for some reason, Simeon was different. For some reason, the Holy Spirit was with him and told him, hey, listen, you won't die until you see the Lord's Messiah. This is exciting, right? This is big news. Check it out. We keep going. Verse 27. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms, and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people in Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him. He said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And as a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna was also there in the temple. She was a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God and fasting with and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Think about this just for a minute. All right, we don't get too many details on these two people. We don't know about their lives too much. We see that Anna, um, she, she, she had a husband, and he died when she was really young. And we see that she devoted her life to the temple. We see that Simeon was a guy who God loved very much, who had promised he would see the Messiah, and that he was able to just give some prophecy to Mary, that he was able to speak truth to her. But we see these people had been waiting, and, and they had their hopes up. Now, think about it just for a minute. What is something in your life you've been waiting for for a while, and it finally came true? Does anybody have anything? You got that in your head, something you wanted for a while, and somehow or another, it finally came true? Well, take that, times that by like a 1,000, and that's the arrival of Jesus into Simeon's arms. He's holding this baby. Now, I don't know about you guys. you know, I've got a newborn at home right now, and babies, <laughs> I love my daughter. Don't get me wrong. Babies aren't all that great sometimes, That right? sounds awful to say that, right? It sounds so bad. Like they poop, they cry, and that's about it. <laughs> I mean, realistically. And so can you imagine Simeon gets this baby and he picks him up and baby Jesus is just there and he's not smiling. He's only seven days old, so he's really small, he's really fragile. You don't know what you're going to do with this. And, and Simeon looks at this baby he's just got joy in his eyes. He says, all right, God, now I can die. Uh, man, this just kind of got crazy, right? Uh, cool, cool. He says, no, this is the Lord's Messiah. I'm so excited for this. This is who we've been waiting for. Mary, you're blessed. Now, with this blessed comes a curse also that, 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 that truthfully that, that, that you're going to struggle with this, but it's okay. Because he's going to be the Savior of everyone. And then Anna, this lady who lives there now, she overhears them. She comes in. She's excited. She's rejoicing with them. And then we see at the very end of this one more time, what does she do? She's praising God. And then it says this, she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting. You see, everybody had been waiting for this. Everybody had been waiting to see God's promise come true. And for these two, they got to see it with their own eyes. They got to hold their Savior, God himself, in their arms. In all of history, this was a big deal. This was a moment that they couldn't contain themselves. And, and here's what I'm simply going to bring this down to today. Jesus brings joy. When it comes to, to Jesus, our Savior, when it comes to knowing him, being him being born for Christmas time, we get excited about this. Because it's joy. Now notice I didn't say happiness, okay? We're not talking about happiness. we're talking about joy. Happiness, this is a really, really good thing. I want you guys to see this, okay. Happiness is a feeling that is it depends on your circumstances, right? You can say you're, you could say happiness is connected to what's happening around you. But when what's happening is frustrating, scary or discouraging, let's be honest, it's difficult to feel happy. But joy, Joy is more than a feeling that happens to us. Joy is something that you can experience even when your circumstances are difficult and you don't know what to do. You see, here's the thing. I'm going to wrap this whole thing up here really simply. Jesus never promised to make us happy. You see, he never said he would make our dreams come true. He never said he'd solve every problem we wanted the way he, we want him to. He never said he'd answer all of our prayers with yes. Difficulty, pain, conflict, they're all part of life. But Jesus came not to take these things away, but he did come to help us find joy in the middle of them. See, I shared a little bit of my story with you guys earlier. I didn't understand why God would allow such a thing to happen to me. But the truth is, is this, is, is that God was allowing my parents to do the same thing that you and I do, to have free will, to have freedom. And sometimes we use our freedom in good ways, and sometimes we use it for selfish gains. Sometimes we use it to elevate ourselves. And so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this lesson, and I was thinking about how we can choose to find joy there in the season, or we can choose to focus in on our quote-unquote happiness. What's that going to be for you this year? How can you choose to focus in on Jesus? This thing is dead. (laughs) It's so dead. My simple question for you guys as we get ready to land this boat is this. During this season, how can you choose more joy? How can you choose to take your attention maybe off of yourself for a little bit, to take your attention off of Quote, unquote, what's happening to you or how you feel. And look and celebrate what Jesus has done for you. Think about these guys. Simeon and Anna. The pure joy they had when they got to meet Jesus, their Lord. Zephaniah, when he was speaking with King Josiah and he's telling them, hey, one day the Lord will come. God will take care of us. What if during this season we chose to give God more of our attention? What if during this season we chose to not pay as much attention to the things happening around us? And we chose to look to the real true reason for the season. And then my second one, you see it on the screen behind me. Who can you help find more joy? There's a lot of people who are hurting during this time. There's a lot of people who... Really need somebody just to show them some love. And the truth is there might be people in your own family right now who need just a love, smile from you, a hug, a warm embrace, an encouraging text. Or maybe for you just to sit down and play a game of Pictionary with them. To show them that you truly care about being with them and you don't necessarily want to be with them but just tied to your phones. So this season I want to challenge you guys. Let's make this reason for this season the real one and not everything else that we focus on. Let's pray together and we'll get out of here. God, I want to say thank you for this day. Thank you so much that, Lord, we, we get to celebrate that you came to this world, that, God, you loved us so much, that, God, you gave promises that you were coming and that you fulfilled those promises and that, Lord, you allowed humans to hold you. You allowed humans to, to, to Changed you. You didn't come as the conquering king. You came as a helpless baby. But God, now we need you. During this season, I pray that, Lord, we will focus more on you than we will focus on the things that are happening to us. I pray that, Lord, we can look to you for the hope that we need, Lord, in the darkest moments of our lives. We will find joy because we know that, Lord, you are real, that, God, you care about us, that, God, one day... All this will pass, and our relationship with you will be the only thing that matters. So, Father, today I pray for us. I pray that, Lord, we will focus in on you on this season. I pray that, Lord, we will focus in on others during this season, that, Lord, we will find ways to give other people joy this season, that we don't make this all about ourselves, that we don't make this a selfish thing. So, God, I thank you for that. I thank you for what you're doing. I pray that, Lord, you'll continue to push our hearts. Lord, we love you, and I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. With that-